It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Kyle Krabs here, host of Locked On NFL Scouting. Join Joe Marino and me every day as we provide position-by-position analysis of the upcoming NFL Draft. Check out the Locked On NFL Scouting podcast with the Draft Dudes on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. You are Locked On Cowboys, your daily Dallas Cowboys podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Locked On. Locked On. Locked Locked On. Locked Locked On. Locked on Cowboys. Welcome back to the Locked On Cowboys podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Thank you for tuning in. I am your host, Marcus Mosier. You can follow me on Twitter at Marcus underscore Mosier. And joining me today, as always, is Landon McCool. You can check him out on Twitter at McCoolBCB. You can also listen to him on the Best Ghost Boys podcast. Landon, what is going on, sir? Not much, you know. I have a have some errands to run today, so I'm I'm uh, I'm getting my mask ready because it's it's gonna protect my backside. And uh, we got some other guys uh, that we're gonna talk about today that are. Uh... <laughs> Your puns are so bad. They are they're so bad. <laughs> oh, I knew uh, that you'd hate that one. <laughs> that's all right. That are that are gonna be protecting other people's backsides is what I was. There you go. Um, all right. So in case you couldn't figure that one out, we're gonna be talking <laughs> about the top offensive tackles in the 2021 draft. Uh, because you never know. The, the Cowboys very well could take one uh, with yep. the number 10 pick. So we're going to start with Penny Suell, the pretty much consensus number one offensive lineman in this class from Oregon. He opted out of the 2020 season. Uh, we've actually seen landing quite a few mock drafts over the last couple of months with Suell falling to the Cowboys at number 10. Uh, let's start with what type of player you saw on film when you were watching him. Well, he's he's really really unbelievable. I mean, uh, he's an he's absolute monster sized. Uh, mm-hmm. He's got a wide body with muscle stacked on muscle on, in both his upper and lower body. He's got large hands and long legs. Uh, he's insanely coordinated for his size. Like for being, I, I read somewhere that he's been over six five and over three hundred and twenty pounds since he was sixteen years old. Oh, and, wow. And and he's he'll be twenty in June. Which uh, there's two things to be amazed about there: that he's been that size for that young, and that he is also still that young. He's not even yeah, twenty years yeah. old yet. Uh, this is like the got, Tyron Smith situation where you're just absolutely. getting like one of these freak freak athletes at a rare age. Yeah, absolutely. You know, elite athleticism, like you just mentioned, explosive upper and lower body. Uh, you know, I thought, uh, and I think this is a good description uh, uh, for to, to kind of see how he plays. When you watch him, he, he wears number fifty-eight, right? Mm-hmm. When you watch him and he's moving, he looks like a linebacker. Like yes, he does. He, 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 he moves with the coordination, with the body control of a guy who is 6'2", 230 pounds, and not instead of 6'5", 320. So it's watching him move is just – it's 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 kind of puts you in a state of cognitive dissonance because you can't really kind of come to terms with exactly how he's moving the way he is. Uh, he you know gets to the second level with ease. I mean, he could probably do it with just his movement skills, but he also has incredibly violent handwork and does not mind uh, you know breaking arms <laughs> of defensive linemen on the way there. Uh, he's a physical player. He loves finishing. Um, you know, he's he's it's hard to find negatives in his game. I mean, and and, and to be fair, like I think his uh, 
his performance and his output kind of plays to that, dictates that. It's he played about as good a season you could play at offensive tackle in, in 2019. Um, and and there's it's really kind of hard to continue to put hyperbole around his name without it's you know without it being just very very honest and very truthful about how he plays where does he win uh, an incredible size and athleticism combo one that is very rare and especially for a guy his uh, age uh, and unanswered questions i mean really the only unanswered question i have about him specifically with the cowboys is uh, you know how do the cowboys rearrange their offensive line to fit him in if they draft him did you have a good comp for penny suel because the one that kind of came to my mind was like a trent williams type of player is is that something you see it's funny because i actually compared trent williams to uh, uh one of the other guys that we're going to talk about just in body size just a body type mm-hmm. right uh but i think you know if you're talking about having that kind of rare athleticism with skills like i mean in the sense that he is coming into the nfl uh you know raw but still so good that his ceiling is is not viewable Uh, i think in that sense yeah i mean as a prospect comparable i think trent williams is a good comparison simply because your eyes get saucered when you see this guy and, and you realize that this guy has a very, very uh, serious uh, future ahead of him, like, you know, with all pro and Hall of Fame type potential. So let's compare him to the offensive tackles of the 2020 class, because that was a great offensive tackle yeah. class with Andrew Thomas, Jedrick Wills, Makai Becton, Tristan Worfs. How does he compare to those guys? Do you think he's at the, the tippy top of that list? Or would you say he's more comparable to maybe the guys that went two or three? You know, it's funny because I heard a lot of people talking about how he, this guy, how Sewell would be, you know, third or fourth in that uh, if he was in that class. And I, I disagree. I mean, I, I my favorite tackle from last year was Jedrick Willis. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I think that Sewell is right there. I think, you know, Willis has a lot more skins on the wall, a lot more experience. Uh, but I, I mean, Sewell comes in with such a high floor and his ceiling is higher than anybody else in this entire class probably period except for maybe trevor lawrence but even then like i i I, pinnacle is one of the only elite players in this class like truly elite players Mm. uh i i think you put him in last year's class they're you know first of all the class would be extremely muddy uh, (laughs) but but i would take him above I, I might, depending on my situation, I, I might take him above all of them. Like, yeah, and you know. I think I would as well. Now, I liked actually Makai Becton, the, the yeah. mountain of a man from Louisville who played for the Jets this year. And that, uh, and that played out pretty well for you because yeah. good, 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 he played pretty well. Yeah, I mean, and actually, you can make a really strong case that Wirfs was the best offensive tackle or Wills. I, it, it was just a fantastic class. They're but, all incredible. But I still think Suell is the best prospect of them all. We'll see which one develops into the best NFL player. But if we're talking strictly prospects, I think he has the the least amount of weaknesses of all of those guys and maybe the highest ceiling of all of them. So yep. uh, let's talk about him in relation to the Cowboys because obviously this Dallas Cowboys team needs help on defense. They need help at cornerback and pass rusher and linebacker. Even if Tyron Smith and Lyle Collins return in 2021, there's just no way you could pass on this guy. We false to you at number 10, correct? Oh, yeah. I mean, this guy's, I mean, at least for me, I mean, this guy is a, you know, all pro left tackle for the next decade. Like yeah. You don't, and you don't, you don't pass, pass on those guys. guys. Yeah. Yep. Exactly. It, it doesn't even matter the situation. Uh, Cause it, let's say he falls to you at, at 10. 
You could have him play guard for a year if you needed to. You could you move. Have Collins play guard. You could have Lyle yeah. Collins play guard. Yeah. You could move on from Tyron Smith in 2022 or move on from Lyle. It just opens up so many different options. But he's an, an elite prospect at a very, very important position. Uh, it's just it's hard for me to see a way in which the Cowboys would pass on Penny Suell if he got to them at number 10. Just wanted to take a quick break to tell you guys about Bet Online, the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action. Football might be over, but NBA, college basketball, and the NHL are in full swing. Bet Online even covers awards, TV shows, and reality TV with real time updated odds and props on almost anything you can imagine. Bet Online has you covered for all the news, scores, and odds. It's the best way to place your bets, and it is free to sign up. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit bet online your online sportsbook experts and don't forget to use that promo code locked on if you're looking for the most comprehensive nfl draft coverage this offseason look no further than the locked on nfl scouting podcast join the draft dudes kyle Krabs and joe marino as they go position by position through the nfl free agent class and into the star-studded crop of college stars who will be selected in the 2024 nfl draft if you want to know who your favorite nfl team should be adding to its roster you need to check out locked on nfl scouting available on youtube and wherever you get your podcasts part of the locked on podcast network your team every day Let's go ahead and move on to a another offensive lineman, Landon, that we've probably seen mocked to the Cowboys even more at number 10, and that's Rashawn Slater from Northwestern, another offensive lineman who opted out of the 2020 season. Um, he's quite a bit different than Suell, but maybe an even better fit in the Cowboys' offense. What did you see from Slater when you turned on the tape? So, anyway, this guy is he's, you know thick, strong, sturdy build. You know, he's 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 definitely not as stretched out as Pinesuel. He doesn't have the, the same kind of length, the same kind of height. But, mm-hmm. I mean, he's got all that same muscle just packed in a smaller kind of more compact uh, body. He, he actually does look like a NFL guard. Yeah. Uh, and yeah. and it moves extremely well. Looks like he looks like a road grader. And, and you'll watch snaps where he's just absolutely destroying dudes. Uh, but then you know when he's asked to get pull and get out in in, in the open field or or move, it's it's pretty effortless. I mean, he he doesn't have mm-hmm. uh, problems. He, it, it, and uh, he's another guy. And this is kind of a thing I, I like to look for a lot. Is it looks weird, right? He, he doesn't look like he should be able to move the way he does at his size. And and when you see other prospects that come out uh, that look like him. They don't move like this guy. No. So, and I think that's that's how you can tell that he's different, right? Uh, uh, his technique is really what I think separates him, and I think it's also what really makes him look like he's uh, moving so effortlessly. You know, he's he's he he, he clearly has very refined footwork, and his yeah. hands and his yep. feet are very much in sync. Um, he overcomes the, his lack of length with really good body positioning and excellent balance. Um, He's really good in space. He finds targets and, and, and blocks them really well. He doesn't have any problem, uh, you know, with targets getting past him or getting away from him once he's uh, identified them on the second level. Uh, has excellent agility side to side to pass stunts and pass pro. Uh, just really works well in conjunction with the rest of his offensive line. Um, he can get bent back when absorbing blows, but he recovers well due to good core strength and, and good footwork. Uh, where does he win? Uh, for me, it's his size combination with his footwork. It, again, it, it makes him look like uh, 
he 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 looks like an elite athlete, and I don't know that he's actually would test as an elite athlete. Well, I mean, it'd be interesting to see. But I think, I think he that, would. But yeah, I know what you mean. I think I think it's definitely you see guys who are probably as athletic as he is not move as well as he does because I think he has such refined footwork and, and technique. Uh, the unanswered question for me is what's his best position in the NFL? Because yeah, yeah. I, I think he can play tackle for sure. I, I, and I, I think there's not a question as if you need a tackle, can this guy play tackle for you? I, I, I don't doubt that you're going to put him in there and, and get some success. But my question is, would he be a better guard? Would he be uh, better? Would he, does he have a higher ceiling at guard? And I think that's something that uh, NFL teams are probably going to have questions about depending team to team. So here's the thing with Slater. I, I agree with everything you said. I think he's going to test as a like a Zach Martin level of athlete. And actually, that's that's really the kind of player I see. I, I don't. That's I'm the comp, sure. you know. Yeah, <laughs> like I, I totally agree. It is. It, it is. Um, <laughs> the thing is, I. Is he a tackle in the NFL? Because if the answer is no, then unfortunately, this is probably not a player that you consider at 10, despite how good he is. And we've seen guards go in the top 10 before. And if we knew Zach Martin was going to be Zach Martin in the NFL, you take him at 10 without a question. But for this Cowboys team that really needs help on defense, and it has already, they already have Zach Martin at guard, and they've already invested a second round pick in Connor Williams, a third round pick in Connor McGovern. Can you justify using the number 10 pick on a left guard? Is that something you, you would be willing to do? Well, you know, here's the thing is that I, I think, and look, I think part of the reason that we both saw Zach Martin in him is not just his body style and his physicality. He wears number 70, you yeah, know? And, yeah. and, and so, you know, when I saw him playing tackle, it, it made me flash back to this season, which I didn't necessarily want to do. Uh, <laughs> and, and think about Zach Martin playing tackle, you know, mm-hmm. and, and how um, he went out there and did it without any problems and, you yeah. know, like yeah. acted like he had been doing it in the NFL for years. So, I think he can fit simply for the same reasons that, you know, we had issues with or not issues, but our concerns with Pene Suol, right? Like, I mean, even with Pene, who is a, like we said, a potential Hall of Famer left tackle, that, that type of, you know, upside, right? You still have to figure out what you're doing with him when he gets onto the team, whether it's moving one of the other guys to guard mm-hmm. uh, or moving him to guard. I think Rashawn Slater, if you believe that he could play both, he could be a fit for this team because if anything, he immediately has a plan right now because you can either move him at tackle or guard wherever he fits and then eventually kick him out to tackle once either Lael or, or Tyron uh, decide to retire or move on. Well, there's also – and I know this certainly isn't ideal, but uh, there's also been some talks around the league that maybe he's a center in the NFL. And, and I – listen, I don't think he's going to play center in the NFL. Maybe he does it like in the way Zach Martin did in practice <laughs> where if you absolutely need him to get by in a game, he can do that. But – uh, I, I I get the idea of sliding him at left guard. Maybe let's say something happens like we saw last year with Lyle Collins. Maybe the solution is Landon, you put him at right guard and Zach Martin at right tackle, and you just you have those two guys play next to each other. I I don't know, uh, but this tackle thing for me is just how many how many resources and how much money can you spend on offensive linemen that don't project to be left tackles in the NFL because if Tyron goes down again and you have Collins, you have Slater, you have Zach Martin, you have Connor Williams. Do you have, do you have a left tackle on the roster? I don't know. Well, I mean, considering, you know, look, I think 
after going through last season where we assumed that we had all the depth in the world and uh and then suddenly next thing you know uh we're putting literal turnstiles out at left tackle uh yeah i mean i I, you can't have enough depth at any position you know and i think like there's something about drafting best player available i i think you and i have talked about the need of making sure that you're allocating your resources correctly but offensive line is one of those positions that you know there's so many of them and if you can get Mm -hmm. a guy who can play multiple spots you probably aren't getting to a point where you're over investing at the position to be all honest. right so so let's stack it up so far so we both have penny suel as a better player than slater uh but suel one slater two would you take slater over let's say the top two cornerbacks in this class patrick sertan and caleb farley how would you how would you stack those three together i would probably put slater behind those two guys okay, and I, would agree. I think that there is uh the Ty goes to the need, to be honest. I mean, okay. you know, I think Slater's not one of the elite players of this game. He's a top he, – I mean, he. I don't have a problem taking him at 10, but Pinay Sewell is still a whole level above all yes. the rest of these guys. I think you could put Slater in the same kind of range as uh, as Farley or as Sertan, and, and then suddenly, you know, the, if all their tags are touching, you probably go with the, the person that you have the most clear picture for sure. moving forward, and that would definitely be the cornerback. All right, so let's stack that up again. Here we have Penny Sewell. We both like Patrick Sertan as the top corner in this class, Caleb Farley, and then Rashawn Slater. And honestly, Landon, I, I've got a hard time believing that there's going to be anybody else that reaches the top four in this draft class. Like, I, I don't see anybody else in this class that I would slide in for ideal fits for the Cowboys at, at that spot, correct? Well, I mean, unless you're drafting Kyle Pitts, right, Marcus? Well, 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 well that's, a different, that's a different thing. Uh, I, I don't yeah. think that's a possibility. I, I, but I generally, I generally agree with you yes. because we're just we're having fun. Yeah. Yes. Just one more quick break to tell you guys about Built Bar. Built Bar is the best tasting protein bar out there. It's hard to even explain it. It's real chocolate with amazing flavors and a great combination of low calories, high protein, and low sugar with no crazy additives. Best of all, they taste fantastic and. And they are releasing six new flavors, including caramel brownie, cookies and cream, and apple almond crisp. Go to BuiltBar.com and use promo code LOCKEDON and you'll get $10 off your first box at BuiltBar.com. If you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL draft coverage this offseason, look no further than the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast. Join the draft dudes, Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino, as they go position by position through the NFL free agent class and into the star-studded crop of college stars who will be selected in the 2024 NFL Draft. If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting. Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. All right, let's go ahead and and move on to our last offensive lineman. And this one I'm really curious to hear your thoughts because we actually haven't talked about Christian Darasaw from Virginia Tech yet. Uh, A left tackle over there that projects as probably a left tackle in the NFL. I think he can be a dominant right tackle. What were your thoughts when you watched Christian Darasaw? Darso is one of the guys who, you know, I did it like an initial watch early on when when some of the first lists came out of you know, mm-hmm. kind of watch lists. And Darso is like one of the guys who I feel like uh, my impressions of have improved the most uh, upon second viewing. I, I don't know if it was just because I <laughs> I watched a series of bad games or what happened with him, but uh, I liked Dar- Darso uh, quite a bit. Uh, 
uh, tall with top heavy body combined with long thin legs. This was the guy that I thought physically, when you see him moving around, he looks like Trent Williams, you know, yeah. cause he's very, yeah. very tall, high cut, very top heavy looking. Right. Um, really good on the move in the run game. He could reach and turn around a three technique from left tackle gets, and he gets to the second level. Well, like his movement skills in the run game are, are very impressive for a guy, mm-hmm. his size. That's probably what definitely, I, I would assume that that is what definitely got him on the radar, uh, for, for, uh, being a, a draftable tackle. Um, looks like he's playing right on the edge of being too far over his feet uh, you know, he he Close. seems to maintain balance in that position due to his flexibility. I do think he has a, a nice level of especially lower body, body flexibility. And that is why when he does look like he's about to reach, he, he I mean, he has like a kind of spot where he stops, you know, and, and he doesn't go. I, at least I didn't see him too many times going too far. Right. He's like right on the edge yeah. of losing balance, but he was able to maintain and, and kind of continue to uh, punch from that position, which was quite impressive. Um, good, but not great at the point of attack. Uh, when he locks up and sits down and wins, he wins. But I think, you know, that's, that's not always the case with that. He can able, he's able to get there. Uh, he trusts his athleticism in his past sets, which I really like. He doesn't, you know, again, this kind of goes back to the reaching thing. He doesn't reach, he gets to his spot quickly. Uh, and then he delivers a, a balanced strike and he maintains that balance. And I think again, a lot of that, when, when you see these offensive tackles, it's because they're scared because they get out there, they see the guys that they're going against and they have to get their hands on them right away because that that's the, the way that they think they're going to control these guys. When you get to the NFL, these guys become even scarier, even more explosive, and you have to be able to trust your technique. You have to be able to uh, get to where you need to be, shield them off from the, the quarterback, and then allow them to get to you, and then you can get contact once you've got the reach to get to a balanced striking spot so you're not lunging past these dudes and they're swimming past you quickly to get to the quarterback. Uh, this guy – he keeps his inside hand and foot strong, which I like because he gets out mm-hmm. quickly. He gets good body positioning, but he's not going to get beat by inside moves. He, he, you know, guys, when they try to get inside of them, he has a strong post foot. He gets into their bodies. He redirects them into the offensive line. He likes being a bully. You see him getting out there. And, That's my favorite yeah, thing he, about him. He loves throwing dudes around, and I love that about him. Uh, he, he enjoys that part of the game, which I think is is important for offensive linemen because ultimately um, – it's not, you're not a tight end, you know. You're not shielding a guy off. Finish no. them on the ground so that 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 you can you know, your ball the ball carrier can get past you. The, off, the yep. quarterback can make the throw. Finish your guy. Uh, zone blocking teams are absolutely going to love this guy. Effortlessly, effortlessly, effortlessly gets to the second level, finds his targets, and then uh, eliminates them. Uh, in fact, that's where I put. Where does he win? Attacking moving targets in space. You just don't see a lot of offensive tackles that are this big and tall that uh, are agile and uh, athletic enough to hit moving targets that are smaller and quicker than them on the second level. And he can do that really, really well. Unanswered questions for me is he seems to have really good technique and balance, but I just... And I tried. I looked. I I just didn't see a ton of pass sets. Like I just there weren't a, a lot, a lot of, of natural pass sets. Yeah. Yeah. So so that's a concern I have. Not because I don't think he can do it. Everything I've seen makes me think that he will be a very good pass protector. But at the same time, there isn't a lot of tape there. There isn't a lot of you know certainty there. So uh, I do. I would you know feel a little bit hesitant drafting a guy like this high simply because. There's a lot of unknown and in, in specifically the in pass protection, which is where he's going to be making his mm-hmm. living in the NFL. 
but I know that he can be a uh, – he has the tools to do it for sure. I don't know how developed those skills are. He's definitely NFL ready as a, as a run blocker. Uh, it, I would probably just want to get this guy in, work him out, and see exactly where his technique is in his pass pro sets. Yeah, I, it, just a mountain of a man. I actually compared him to Dwayne Brown. Uh, who okay who okay for Seattle now? Uh, I, I think that's the type of offensive tackle he can be. I saw some Eric Flowers comps out there, and I I don't love that because I feel like he's a much better mover uh, than mm-hmm. what Eric Flowers is. But the one thing I, I I do agree with, his hands are violent. Like I mean, once he gets his hands on you, it's just about over. Yep. I love the way he finishes blocks. Uh, I do think there's a a pretty decent gap between Sewell and Slater, but that's not to take yeah. away from Derisop because I think this is still a, a first round offensive tackle and yeah. probably landed somebody who goes in the top 15 picks. Like I have a hard time believing like a team like the chargers who absolutely need a left tackle at number 13 are going to pass on this guy because he has so much uh, physical talent. He's so strong. And I think that's just a, a great landing spot. So for the Cowboys, it does seem unlikely that that would be the pick at number 10 unless we just get some bad news about Tyron Smith and Lyle Collins and the Cowboys yeah. are just so in desperate need of an offensive tackle. But let's pretend Dallas trades down to, let's say, 15-16. Is that the range where you would start feeling comfortable taking him if he were to fall? Yeah, absolutely. I, I mean, this is a top 20 player, right? Yeah. You know, uh, Definitely a first-rounder. Uh, you know, not not quite the bottom end of the first rounder. So, yeah, anywhere in the top 20, I'm comfortable taking this guy. Uh, yeah, I mean, again, very, very good prospects. Yes, uh, yes. In, in, in a class with very with you know, a couple other really excellent prospects. And, and I think in, in some other years, uh, I would not be surprised in, in kind of a, just a mediocre offensive tackle class if this was OT1. Yeah, I agree. I think this is a really, really strong player, a really strong prospect, and – uh, whatever team gets them is going to be very, very happy. So let's just wrap up our rankings. Sewell, Slater, Gap, Derrishaw, but all three are first-round picks, correct? Absolutely, yeah. I, I think all three of them should be uh, hearing their name called in the first day in the NFL draft. Awesome. Uh, so we'll see if the Cowboys decide to go offensive tackle. We'll maybe talk more about some of the other offensive tackles in this class because uh, I don't know about you, Landon, but it does feel like there's a pretty significant drop-off after Derrishaw. But the offensive tackles in the late 20s, 30s, and 40s, I really, really like. So we'll have to get to some of those other guys, Liam Eikenberg, Jalen Mayfield, uh, uh, Tevin Jenkins. We'll get to those guys. Yeah, yeah, we'll get to some of those guys on a different show. But that is it for today's show. Thank you guys for tuning in. As always, you can download and subscribe to the podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. You can follow the show on Twitter at LockedOnCowboys. You can follow Landon at McCoolBCB. And I'm at Marcus underscore Mosher. And we will see you next time. Hey, Prime members. You can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.